Blog Talk Radio. All right, buckle up and strap them on. It's another edition of the Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show brought to you by NFLDraftScout.com. Here we are just a little outside of a week before the 2019 East-West Shrine game. I am your host, Rick Saratella, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL Draft. Since 2002, it's what we do. Breaking it all down along with my co-host, Ride and Shotgun, never leaving a stone unturned. He is Joe Everett. We welcome him into the show. Joe, how goes it? A little too good. A hundred days away, damn near. Well, a hundred four days away from the draft. Uh, it's a week away from the Senior Bowl. You're gonna be out there in L.A. here in a little bit. I mean, it's. Uh, I can't believe it's all happening right now. Well, talk about a dose of reality. One hundred and four days away. Of course, a lot of new head coaches, some new GMs out there, uh, trying to scour the landscape for the tower. And of course, I'll be out on location. Uh, splitting up the week next week at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, the first part of the week, second part of the week at the East-West Shrine game, and then linking up with Joe down at the Senior Bowl. Of course, if you're just tuning in here, uh, we did preview the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl on our previous podcast to set it all off. Today we'll talk the East-West Shrine game, and we'll coordinate a Senior Bowl preview show as well, I'm sure, again, uh, exclusively on the NFLDraftScout.com. So check us out over there. I'm doing a combine projection series where I try to predict the NFL scouting combine. We're insane. We're nuts over here at the NFLDraftScout.com trying to project the combine. About 350 or so players will get the invite there. But, Joe, it's about St. Petersburg. It's about that, oh, pink-colored sand, man. Uh, but, no, let's kick it off with the quarterbacks here. And uh, we talked about the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, maybe not a uh, very shiny bunch. What's your take and impressions on this East-West Shrine group? Well, it's a better group on the whole. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, a lot's been made of Brett Ripon the whole career, and then Easton Stick and all his wins. And I'm hearing a lot of talk about Easton Stick, but – I'm not buying it. I mean, this guy is not Carson Wentz. He's a good player, very solid, but how many of these plays are just geared flat-out runs? Uh, they're, they're design boots, naked boots. It's like we have to get stick running, and it's it, it's basically the Ohio State offense as opposed to when Craig Bowl was there with Wentz. I think there's not only differences in the prospects, but kind of how they ran the offense at North Dakota State. So uh, I think people that expect Easton Stick to go out there and, you know, uh, shells and skeleton drills, seven-on-sevens or whatever, and, oh, yeah, he lit the world on fire. That's not going to happen. So if you expect that, you're going to be pretty upset down there. Um, I think the kid that is probably going to look the best is probably that Taomu, the Ole Miss quarterback. I've I've been warming up to him as late. It's difficult to evaluate, but I think the kid can spin it. He's got some real life off those releases. It's just how much credit do you give him when A.J. Brown takes a short slant 70 yards or he throws a jump ball to D.K. Metcalf down the sidelines for a big old gain or what if DeMarcus Lodge takes a crosser to the house. It's like, well, he didn't really do much on that play. But I think the guys, he delivers. 
I, I mean, I'm sure he, he struggles, I think, intermediate to deep. And no, he's not super tall. He doesn't really throw a heater either. But uh, he's efficient in what they ask him to do. And it's not just predetermined stuff. I think he goes through his reads, um, and he throws his receivers away from coverage and out of harm's way. I can't count how many receivers. Uh, yeah, he threw it right in stride, but the safety still blew his guy up. There's, uh, I think not enough is made about guys that uh, not only put a ball on a, on their player, but put their receiver up to succeed and, and keep him out of uh, danger. And that's that's something that Tamu uh, I think deserves a little bit of credit for. And, yeah, he's a college QB, but uh, there's there's some functionality here and maybe a player down the road. So if I had to pick a QB that comes out of this week, uh, maybe improving his stock, it would be the old Miss kid, Tamu. Yeah, and you see all these uh, college coaches now making their way into the NFL, and he would maybe fit – this uh, new style of offenses we're seeing around the league in the NFL, Easton Stick. I agree with you, Joe. I see a, a priority-free agent there, in my opinion, but he'll have a, a platform here to state his case. And, yeah, I agree. Brett Rippon, uh, Boise State, four-year starter, nice uh, accuracy in the short to intermediate game, uh, enough arm strength to make all the throws, and got to love the, the bloodlines. I know you do, Joe, uh, nephew of Mark Rippon, Super Bowl MVP. Oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, listen, I think Rippon is the guy here to watch. Uh, Tyler Cornelius from Oklahoma State, a transfer, kind of one-year starter here. Uh Marcus uh, McMarion from Fresno State showed some flashes. Not sure if he's a pro quarterback, but did show some flashes and some some tools to work with there. And then, of course, David Blau from Purdue, big-time high school recruit, never quite lived up to the billing. Uh, But I could see Blau as a uh, peer that maybe goes to the Alliance League, the XFL, you know, develop continues to develop his game and, and see where his career goes. But, uh, hey, it's hard, you know, when maybe 10 quarterbacks in the entire draft class are going to get drafted and half of them yeah. are uh, underclassmen, Joe, and the, and, and the other good ones are all at the senior bowl. It's tough to get some quality quarterback play. But, hey, we have some well-accomplished signal callers here down at St. Petersburg. And of course we'll be on location bringing you that uh, exclusive coverage. Let's shift over to the running backs, Joe, uh, some bruisers here in this running back crop. Yeah. Surprising man. A Zigbo of Adam of Nebraska. And then of course, Allison, and that's another one. I don't, man, since a freshman, he's been on the radar. I can't count how many times I toggled him up and down the board and, uh, here we are now as a senior. Uh, put a smile on your face. Just glad he's made it this far, stuck in it. Uh, 255 he's up to now. Uh, Zigbo's big 230. Uh, his team, or Allison's teammate Hall is up to 225. There's a lot of these guys. It's just there's not really the room for that scat back anymore. But uh, if there's one, I don't, I, he doesn't really qualify, but he moves like it. I like uh, Ty Johnson the most out of Maryland from this group. And then, uh, but Nick said I should address first, like people saying that's the new LSU back, and he's 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 a highly touted prep recruit, and he should be, you know, he can pass block, he's physical at the point of attack, he runs slow, but he doesn't break any tackles, he doesn't use that leverage to his advantage, or and, and he doesn't use that size he has, he appears to just. 
and barely changed direction. I think he's got a little spring. It's just I don't see it make anybody miss, and I swear the first guy gets him every time. He's, like, worse than James White. It's just that initially on contact, it's done. Uh, saw the Troy game from his junior year, fumbled the first carry I think he got, or at least on the first series he dropped the ball. So I, I don't know what people are seeing. That That's kind of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, Ty Johnson, though, Maryland, I think that's my best bet from uh, to have a big game. You know, it's like we talked about la- just last show. It's it's so difficult for these running backs during the course of the week other than your backs on backers, your pass pro drills, and, and catching, unless you're a great receiver. Uh, it's kind of difficult to have a good week of practice. But once the game starts and the bullets fly, uh, you know, I think Johnson, he's going to show up with that track speed, and he only needs a few chances to break that long one and, and take that short screen the distance. And he once he shows off that and flashes that trademark explosion, I think people are going to remember Ty Johnson can fly. And then uh, my sleeper from the whole group, uh, Jordan Ellis. I just like this kid's style, the Virginia back, just good all-around player. I think uh, – he can do a lot of things well, uh, no slouch in the passing game, moves in the open field, and just kind of understands where he's at on the field, knows when to get out of bounds, knows where the line to gain is. Uh, I think first 1,000-yard season last year, real nose for the end zone the last couple seasons, just reminds me of like a poor man's Cadillac Williams. So I think uh, there's a running back to watch out for, that uh, Ellis kid out of Virginia. He really had a, a great senior season, so I'm glad he parlayed that into a into an all-star appearance. Yeah, Jordan Ellis from Virginia, actually one of the players we're scheduled to spend some time with and have a uh, nice in-depth one-on-one interview sit-down. Uh, Darnell Wolfork as well from Army, uh, East-West Run game, doing a good job getting the military guys. Wolfork, you know, while I actually like his fullback, I think Holt, I believe, was his backfield mate there, I think is more of a legitimate prospect but uh he'll get a a look here in st petersburg along with marquise young from umass uh always nice to see the one of the Minutemen in an all-star game and a guy that i you know really have not had a chance to watch too much of uh have scouted umass in the past not so much this year so i'm looking uh uh forward to seeing him perform you mentioned the uh pit panther duo of 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 quadri allison and darren hall Hall coming in late in the season. Uh, Allison, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but he's looking a, a little like his um, the guy he took over for James Conner there in Pittsburgh. I mean, very similar style of uh, running. And uh, Nick Brissett, of course, you mentioned, Joe, you covered uh, him to a T. And, you know, hey, listen, Alfred Blue coming out of LSU didn't quite have explosion. I did like Blue more than I liked Brosette, but it's not to say that he can't be a, a backup at the next level. Who knows? And uh, Ozigbo, you know, he's been backing up our guy there at Nebraska, and he'll get a chance here now to um, elevate his profile. But Ty Johnson, I agree, had a chance to scout him in person. Not sure he gets a combine invite, Joe, but I could see him running in that 4-3 range at his pro day. That Maryland track is always fast, too, so, you know, those Terrapins test well on their home turf usually at the pro day. But, yeah, he single-handedly uh, just ran through, around, and over that Texas Longhorns defense two years ago. 
not so much involved this year, which was a little bit of a head scratcher, but everything going on in Maryland was a head scratcher with the way that whole head coach situation unfolded. Uh, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here, breaking it down, East-West Shrine game 2019 edition here, moving and grooving through the positions, and we're on to wide receivers, Joe. Uh, you mentioned uh, Demarcus Lodge previously in your quarterback assessment. He'll be here. Uh, with his quarterback mate at the East-West Shrine game, along with, uh, you know, hey, we talked about some bruisers at the running back position. I see some speedsters here at the wideout position. It's a really good class. Uh, And, you know, Demarcus Lodge, how far have we gone that all of a sudden he's a sleeper in a class? I mean, uh, this memory serves. He's like a five-star recruit or something like that out of high school. I mean, he's no bum. Or if he's not a five, he's a four. Like this, he he arrived there. This, this is big to do. So um, this should be a big week for him. And I like this group. I think uh, when I got the document together, I'm like man, the sad part is Terry Wright from Purdue is probably the only guy I didn't even have on the board. So it's uh, and then Xavier Ubosi UAB we talked about last week. Not sure which event he makes it to, uh, but uh, that. Uh, where to start and I think Lodge probably the best player on the shrine on paper he's just long rangy he's got the sudden speed it's you know probably accused of being build-up speed but when you can get there who cares Um, not he's probably not a strong runner as AJ Brown or DK but I think that's the problem a guy having to share the ball with Metcalf and well Dawson Knox had to get his too so it's like where does Tom go with all that um, not exactly the focal point of his offense, but if he, you know, goes down to Florida, starts torching guys with that nine route that he can run, it's it's going to be a good week for him. I think uh, I'm most excited about Keelan Doss, Cal Davis. Um, uh, that that kid can play. He's just aggressive on contested passes, and uh, I don't think he's slow. I uh, can't wait to see what he times that, but he he's he's. I, it doesn't matter what he times out because I've seen too many plays to where he gets a step on people and no one's catching him from behind. So uh, just you throw your clocks out because he got the touchdown. Uh, another guy I don't know um, might be hurt since you know those bigger receivers kind of slipped in years past. But I think Keelan Doss, wherever he goes, that's that's what he is. He's a fifty-fifty specialist, and then get the ball in his hands as a runner because he's strong, and then. Another guy kind of similar to the Ohio State, you know, crew that we bought, that Terry McLaren, uh, Terry Godwin at Georgia. I mean, it's just he's got to share with Ridley and uh, what Miko Hardman and all those other great skill position players Georgia's got. But Godwin can just move. He is electric out there. I don't think he's as fast as Hardman, but the guy's uh, super quick and he's really shifty changing directions. That's uh, a guy I think he's – clearly slipped through the cracks and this should be a good week for him. And then the Fresno state kid, uh, not me, Sean, Keyshawn Johnson back. They spell it differently. Uh, good size, really nice route discipline, love his feet. I think he also stays honest in the run game. He runs hard. He didn't take plays off. I think that's what I love the most about him. And what's well, kind of the, the coaching year that coach, you know, take plays off to Tedford. He may uh, not play next week. And uh, that that's a guy that's gone through that program. I, I think he comes up and shows up to Florida playing really well. And then Sean Poindexter, the guy's a giant. Uh, I'm not – I think he's more of a stiff athletically. Uh, that That's that's one to where uh, I'll bet you he shows up and people mistake him for a tight end. 
But um, on the whole, that whole group, I mean, even Ryan Davis, like all he does is catch passes. So this is this whole crew. The one that's kind of surprised me, I guess, Jamal Custis, the Syracuse guy, I think it's just kind of one year, and that's that's the one. I think Custis and probably Poindexter, those two, I'm saying they're running four sevens out there. These guys are not fast. Yeah, a couple of interesting selections there. Um you know, you mentioned the big-bodied wide receivers. Jesper Horstead from Princeton is a guy I've had a chance to, to see now for quite a few years. And, you know, we've seen uh, Seth DeValve come out of Princeton a couple years ago, kind of a, a wide receiver that converted to tight end. Um, I could see Horstead make that same conversion. I, I, I just don't know. Again, you talk about these four seven <laughs> wide receivers. I just don't know if he has the speed. He's such a wide-bodied guy. Uh, I, I think he may have to convert to tight end, but we'll see. I think that's what the all-star circuit is for to kind of determine whether or not a guy like a Jesper Horstead from Princeton is a wide receiver, or is he a tight end? You mentioned the Keyshawn Johnson kid from Fresno state, a lot of night, uh, late night football here on the East coast. Uh, folks may not be too aware of him. And uh, Jonathan Duhart from old dominion, I can't tell you how many times this guy's name has come across my inbox. Haven't had a chance to scout him uh, thoroughly, but a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing up close and in person. Uh, A couple other guys here, Joe, Cody Thompson of Toledo, a well-decorated career there. You mentioned Ryan Davis from Auburn, uh, a speedy guy who, you know, ran into some injury woes along the way. And now he'll get a chance to uh, showcase that speed along with Terry Godwin, and um, Xavier Ubosi from UAB, Terry Wright from Purdue, Ron Quavion Tarver from Utah State, and Brody Oliver from Colorado School of Mines. Uh, some good under-the-radar prospects there that we'll bring to you on location at the 2019 East-West Shrine Game, Joe, but keeping it moving over to the tight end positions before we get to the big uglies on the line, uh, what do you see here with this tight end group? I can't wait to see. There's some sleepers here. I think Dylan from from Oregon there, that's a guy that just a big body. Going to be some mismatches there if if he gets out and covers against a smaller safety. It's like, wow, all he did was catch plays over this guy. It's like, yeah, he's that's just kind of what he does. Uh, the one, I think, Kendall Blanton, is uh, the the player to watch there probably the best tight end uh, just he can actually play in line and uh, does block and cares about blocking so that 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 there will serve him uh, well in this evaluation process the one part is uh, he's just not a strong runner after the catch he just doesn't seem to have great feet I think he's got good ball skills locates the ball well because seems to see the field it's just Another cat, you know, first defender that gets there is probably going to get himself a solo tackle is uh, what I know about him. And then uh, Daniel Helm out of Duke, uh, just coming from that Cutcliffe offense, it's a similar effect to Daniel Jones. I think they're both getting that boost. I'm not sure that they're uh, the elite players that deserve to be in an all-star game, but they're probably going to show up, know exactly what to do, and not be out of place. And, yeah, that's that's, that's why uh, Helm's there. Yeah, Helms, solid player. Uh, Andrew Beck from Texas, kind of jack-of-all-trades, master of none there. C.J. Conrad from Kentucky, who's been through a couple different schemes where, you know, 
how much they've used him in the passing attack has varied, but he's also a capable blocker. Uh, Matt Sokol from Michigan State, I would classify more as a blocking one-dimensional type of tight end, which, you know, hey, look, there's, there's, there's a home for guys like that at the next level. A guy like Rhett Ellison has made a good living, uh, you know, being a dependable H-back type of blocker. Uh, keeping it with the blocking theme, offensive line, Joe, a couple of late additions I saw yesterday. Today is January 11th. 2019 I saw some add-ons uh Martez Ivy from Florida uh they announced him as a tackle will he play tackle or guard at the next level I guess you know the week of East West Rhine practice will help dictate that uh, but that was one player that you know got me excited to see here added into the mix I think that'd be he'd be easily the best tackle there uh Ivy's been on the radar for a while uh, really highly touted prep kid, uh, but really hasn't played up to it. The other, uh, what is it, Taylor, Jawan Taylor, I think is there uh, other tackle that declared yeah. early. He's he's more the player, but uh, I see Ivy as a guard. There's nothing wrong with that, to, you know, for all the impact we've seen these guards play, and he's a really thick kid that I think survives and holds up well at the point of attack. So, uh I assume that he's got to play tackle and guard here because that's what teams would want to see. Uh, you know, if, if they don't put him at tackle or if they don't put him some at guard on that first day, uh, some evaluators might be upset. But, no, that, that definitely peppers up the excitement, I think, of this group because other than that, there's just a couple of players I'm excited about. Um, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Ryan Pope being bandied about as, uh, you know, really that quality tackle. I'm, I think he's a functional get-in-the-way guy. I'm not, I don't see a punisher out there. He's got the feet to play. I like his body, and he mirrors really well, but uh, he's just really long body and kind of moves instinctively, but I don't see any power. He usually gets knocked back and pass pro, and he's not moving anybody in the run game, so I'd, I'd watch out for him because he's more of a – I get there and wall dudes off, or I can peel back on this, but that's about what I I can give you. Uh, the one I'm excited about is Tyler Jones, the NC State. I I think he is a guard potentially, but really he could be a swing tackle at the next level. He really moves me. I mean, he's a relocator. Uh, he just gets his hands into somebody, and I think game over for the defender and just should develop into a real asset for a team. Probably my favorite lineman there because he's so physical. Like He just loves and thrives off that contact. And uh, once again, we'll see, uh, I think, more of him at the game when they really start running the ball. Uh, He just gets into it. And then I guess the sleeper to watch out, I admittedly have not seen much of this kid, but I'm hearing a ton about Trey Pipkin, Sioux Falls. Uh, big thing, small schooler. Uh, I think this week is huge for a guy like that playing against the D1s and and the big names. Um, does he survive out there? That's clearly a, a name to watch because, you know, lots expected of these other players. If, if old Sioux Falls falls on his face, well, it's not going to be a big story. But if he gets out there and starts jabbing, stepping, and rocking guys, uh, that that's that's going to be immense for his stock. Um, the other one, though, just my my Mac love knows no bounds. Uh, another four year starter out of the Mac Western Michigan, Joe Kinoy, the center, first team all conference, answered the bell every time. I think he's got the size needed to to man the center. 
spot, although centers aren't just getting overgrown anymore. I'm talking about Dalton Risner playing center. And then shout-out to Bunchy Stallings from Kentucky, all-name team uh, as a rookie, I, I think. <laughs> no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, you touched base on the variety of prospects here on the offensive line. I thought they did a great job mixing it up when you have a guy – uh, like a, a, a Ethan Green, Greenidge from Villanova and and a Paul Adams from Missouri. Then you get, you know, a Tyree St. Uh, Louis from uh, Miami. And then you have uh, Olai Uda from Elon. And then you have uh, Joshua Miles from Morgan State. But then you also have a guy like Jawan Beatty from Michigan who actually sat out his bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft. Lamont Galliard from Georgia, the big time center there. So, uh, you know, just very diverse, well put together. Austin Hoyt from BYU, a guy that's garnered some attention. Zach Bailey uh, and and Frederick Johnson from South Carolina and Florida there in the SEC, along with Justin School from Vanderbilt. So, um, you know, a lot of SEC represented, but also some FCS there uh, represented as well. Joe Everett. Rick Saratella breaking it down, 2019 East-West Shrine game, over to the defensive side of the ball, Joe, where uh, a very good group of guys here on the defensive line. Uh, Terry Beckner is a guy we've spoken about in the past as a possible first-round talent. He just has a a laundry list of injuries. Uh, Daniel Wise played at a very high level for Kansas this past season, and uh, Michael Dogby, in my backyard here at Temple, a guy that I don't know if he gets invited to Indianapolis, Joe, but if he does, he's a guy that will just, you know, blow the roof off of the Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, who do you see or who do you like here in this defensive line group? Yeah, the Beckner's the headliner probably. You hit it on the head. Just stay healthy, man. Uh, we know he can play. Uh, if, if he – that shows up in Florida and starts wrecking stuff. That's I don't think anybody's going to be surprised. So what he could do to help his stock, guys like uh, Beckner and Ray, I, I think that's kind of status quo. I think Weiss, he could potentially help himself. I'm not sure what he is, but I like what I've seen from the kid. He plays five-tech for Kansas, and I think that's what he plays at the next level. Um, definitely a different animal than his little brother, or his uh, older brother, rather. Um, he's just, uh, I think just as long, but a thicker player. And I don't know that he's like matchup aware, like uh, dudes that he can't wreck and, and really needs to watch their hands. He just kind of runs right into, but he, he plays his tail off. There's no question in that motor. Uh, I'd like to see him with a little more power. And like I said, just sort of, I don't want to say matchup aware, but just positionally aware, when you're going up against a guard, chances are he might just be able to grab your inside pad and give you a world of hurt. So it's like you gotta, you gotta be careful, Daniel. <laughs> but I think it's, he's an improving player, and this is uh, a big week for him. And another one I like is that uh, Ricky Walker. He's he's kind of similar cloth from Weiss. Uh, try hard, extra effort. Um, he is definitely undersized though. Might be better suited, like, in a speed scheme as a speed rushing uh, tech. Like, he'll, he, he's not going to be an every-down player, but you, you get him in on some third downs and, and put that – crank that motor up, and I think he might be able to survive. Uh, maybe as a five technique, but, yeah, definitely 
even front pass rusher, uh, get him in on some specialty downs. I think Ricky Walker, I just love the energy he plays with, and that's a guy in one-on-ones, don't be surprised. Like, yeah, he started beating these tackles. He beat these guards. It's like, yeah, he has some ability. It's just, uh, you know, uh, when it comes and where it's at, I think that's why he's not going to be an every-down player. Joe, looking at some of these pass rushers here, we can kind of lump the defensive ends and and outside linebackers together. Uh, You know, a lot of guys uh, talked about Ben Benagu from TCU, his counterpart, A.J. Collier, has been drawing a lot of attention. Same thing over on Boston College where Zach Allen was seeing a lot of double teams. That allowed Wyatt Ray to get a handful of uh, sacks this year. And then a Derek Roberson from Sam Houston State, the FCS talent. He's just wreaked havoc all season long in opposing opponents' backfields. He'll get a chance here to compete uh, with the big boys. And then, you know, one other note for me, uh, I see Mike Carney from North Carolina listed as an outside linebacker. Um, that'll be interesting because they also have Cole Hokum from North Carolina listed as an outside linebacker. The Tar Heels played a 43 defense and, you know, Hokum more of your traditional 43 uh, outside linebacker, whereas Carney would project more as your 3-4 outside linebacker but Carney's a guy you know he missed I think about the first half of the season came on to lead the team I think he led the team in in tackles for loss sacks forced fumbles Uh, this is a guy I think can start his ascent up draft boards uh beginning in St. Petersburg no doubt about it Uh, I like uh, Ray uh the most out of the guy you brought up guys you brought up there I, I he could really show up because he could do it. But could do it all. He can win on inside moves. Uh, I think he's got more of an arsenal on his hands. Um, a dogby kid you brought up, and then the linebackers. There's the, the. I think the most interested I'm in is the Andrew Van Ginkle, Wisconsin. Uh, maybe more of a strong side backer as opposed to a pass rusher. Uh, great story out of South Dakota State. Go Jacks. But love his length, uh, really good motor, a guy that just, he doesn't quit. It's not hot and cold from him. Uh, he, well, and you, you expect it from a guy that uh, comes from his background. Um, but I think he can also bring you a little bit in coverage as well. And then um, the other linebacker I'm excited about is Drew Lewis. Um, like maybe not as highly touted, but from everything I've read, he's a workout warrior, and I think that flashes up in the game. Like that kind of speed when he's closing in, uh, when when he's got a, a runner in his sights, it's it's usually game over for that defender. So the the, the linebackers there, I think Drew Lewis, um, and yeah, Ben Burkirvan, I think probably the big name that uh, jumps out on on players. Get him out of his scheme and let's do the apples and apples comparison. That that's what I'm most excited about, like how he stacks up to guys like Gilbert from Akron, Lewis from Colorado, Hodge from Buffalo. Uh, you know, I got my Mac love. Um, I think they might be just as good players. They're just, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, Chris Peterson's scheme, it makes these uh, defenders look a little bit uh, different than what they may be. I don't want to say better than what they may be, but um, I think Bert Kirvin's going to be under the microscope a little bit this week. And then uh, Holland's from Oregon. He's just an athlete. 
this would probably be a, a, a very successful week for him, I would assume, because just you know, right there on paper, uh, he's probably the best linebacker uh, they've got at the event, is, or at least highest drafted. But on the whole, though, the the backer group's pretty good. I'm not as excited about the edge rushers. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple guys up at the top of backer that uh, – and even Trey Watson, that – the Illinois transfer, uh, there's no doubt that kid can play. So I think um, it kind of reflects in the draft class, too. You, you, there's a lot of great defensive linemen. I think this year's line, off-ball linebacker class as a whole is, is real strong, and that's I think that's showing up in the all-star games as we start to break. Yeah, some exciting inside backers here, a strong group uh, for the Shrine game, as is the cornerbacks, Joe. A few minutes left here to play around with for the secondary, but looking at the corners, uh, Michael Jackson from Miami, Montre Hardage out of Northwestern, a guy I, I had a chance to scout in person, very strong cover man. Derek Beatty uh, from Kentucky, a very tall corner jamal peters from mississippi state i think had some injury issues and then you got some uh maybe some nickel guys or some some speedier guys like a blaze brown from troy um isaiah wharton's a guy here from rutgers you know that was pretty much injured all season long but scouts love his height uh, and then Jimmy Moreland, I didn't leave you much left over, Joe, but Jimmy Moreland, the late addition from James Madison with a big season, a couple of pick sixes, I think eight interceptions on the year, just really stepped up his game this year. Uh, who do you like from the secondary? Yeah, Michael Jackson surprises at the Shrine, but he, he did have a down season. Uh, Miami in general, you know, it was the, not the season they expected. The, the name you brought up was Blaze Brown. That's just a real nice-looking corner. Uh, Tall-looking defender, long-levered corner, moves well. He's got the balance. I like his hips. He's just real smooth, easy mover, likes to tackle. Um, he can kind of when he he widens up and back leg, change directions a little bit. It's not like uh, super oily hips, to quote Mr. Mayock there, but uh, he's flat-out hard to shake. I'd say watch the LSU game, gets a lucky pick in the end, and then uh, he does get burned by uh, Chark. I think it's the two years ago when uh, Troy upset LSU. I think that's one of his better games. So more of a zone guy. He can really survive. I think especially this popularized scheme now. You know, Sean McDermott and Buffalo, Rivera and Carolina, they're both running the same damn thing. And then now there's a lot of cover, too, bringing back the old uh, Dungy thing, just adding the extra safety, making it a three. Chris Richard's going to get him a job. Marinelli's probably going to stick there in Dallas. There's a lot of teams running what he does well, I think. Uh, Blaze Brown's a, a, definitely a corner. You go there excited to, to, to watch. And then, yeah, I, I think it's not a super inspiring group, but that's the one. And then the safeties, I don't know what's going on with Sheldrick Redwine. Is he going to be at the Senior Bowl or the Shrine? I think uh, the Senior Bowl announced him, so uh, maybe he doesn't show up. But, hey, if he doesn't, this is a pretty good group. Uh, I like the Boston College kid, Dennis. Uh, Worthington can play. Uh, Andrew Winger from Wyoming is the guy I want to watch. I know he's a leader. Uh, you love the defense. He comes from, uh, you know, Craig Bowl. What he did it, it for the Bison, he's he's just doing it for the Cowboys. And I think it's one of the better defenses college ball because it's so uh, very similar to pro schemes. He lines up all over, too. He's not just deep. He's uh, just outside the box. He comes in as a nickel, and he can actually cover those slot uh, receivers. 
these legit ball skills, which I think is important too. You know, not to make me mad here that oh, that's why they play defense. No, there, there's teams scouting whether or not they can make a play on that ball. That is now a part of the eval, and it's more important than ever, I think, because everyone's passing. Uh, you can turn it over in advance and potentially make it a score. That's uh, it's paramount. So no, I think Wingard. He's a a real ball player, real center fielder uh, out there. And then uh, McIntosh, what happened to JoJo McIntosh? And you talk about highly uh, touted guys. Just, he's definitely uh, overshadowed, I think, by the the rap kid. Um, he just he's he's not as smooth a runner when you watch. He actually looks kind of rigid, but he flat out gets there. Uh, I like him in coverage. He can't over pursue in the running game. Um, not exactly, you know, line him up. Lock him down, uh, tackler. Uh, he he he, uh, he can be broken down, but he's. Uh, I just don't see he's a knockdown, more of a wrap up guy. It's just his instincts out in coverage. I'm fine with. He appears to be uh, able to play some man, but I think uh, he's that last resort. Like I say, center fielder for the Huskies defense, outshined by some other defenders on that team. But I I see McIntosh as a draftable player. So uh, another player I'm watching that week, and then last one, uh, Delvin Randall. Not sure what he is. Like, it's, all he did was nickel, I think, at Temple. I mean, maybe some deep, but uh, that's what he fits in. He's going to have to be an extra defender. I don't know that he's a three-down player uh, to start, but Stout versus the run. You know, uh, he could be fooled by play action, but he's got the recovery speed. He definitely likes to hit. Uh, Delvin Randall play on my team any day, so um, I'm more of that. I, that's just a flat-out safety I'm rooting for that week. Yeah, one of those uh, Temple Tough holdovers from the Matt Rule era there for the Owls. And, uh, yeah, really a strong class. The more I hear you talk about it, we didn't even mention Saquon Hampton out of Rutgers, who I think is the Scarlet Knights' best pro prospect, a very good field general there. And Dakota Dixon, uh, a late add-on from Wisconsin, a guy that, again, highly talented. Uh, you want to talk about one of the more remarkable, if not the most fascinating story of any player in this year's draft. We would need another 30-minute show to cover all that, but we are definitely <laughs> rooting for Dakota Dixon. And uh, we're out of time. That's going to do it here. And uh, Joe, great analysis once again. Uh, love previewing the all-star circuit with you. We'll uh, – coordinate a day for the senior bowl preview one day next week when I'm doing the double dip between the NFL PA collegiate bowl and the East West Shrine game. So if you're just tuning in, uh, you can catch all of our podcast shows on the NFL draftscout.com. Again, we'll be on location at all the all-star events. So keep it locked over at the NFL draftscout.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and you can get Joe Everett at Joe W. Everett, myself at Rick Saratella. Of course, we got updates over at NFL Draft Bible Twitter. And um, that's going to put another ribbon on the show. Uh, you know how we do it here. Keeping it locked. Can't stop, won't stop. Appreciate you tuning in, everybody.